no. It's enough. Even torturing you is boring. This is the small council. Alrighty, here we are back again to talk about the Season 4 updates. This is going to be Part 2. If you have not checked out Part 1, I suggest going back and checking that one out. But uh, for the most part, all of these segments uh, are kind of standalone. You don't necessarily need to go back to the Part 1. Part 1 is just talking about the overall changes uh, that happen. And uh, we discuss Baratheons and uh, Lannisters. So in this one, uh, I just have myself and Spencer on, so it might go to go a bit quicker. Um, I know for sure we'll be able to get neutrals, Boltons, and uh, Targaryens done. And if we're really lucky, we'll squeeze another faction in there. But um, uh, we'll see uh, how much time we got left once we get through those three. And then I'm really hoping that if we make good timing, that uh, there should only be a part three to the covering all these updates, and then we can get on to maybe covering some other stuff. Um, but I'm super excited to be back. Uh, again, I'm hoping to really ramp up the content at least one episode a week, maybe two at least at first, uh, to kind of catch up on some uh, topics that you know we've been missing on. Um, but with that said, uh, I do want to mention Adepticon coming up. Uh, myself and Spencer will be there, as well as a bunch of other people. Um, I believe it's uh, like the last, it's March 20th through the 24th uh, in Illinois. Um, so definitely go check that out. Adepticon is always amazing. Uh as far as tabletop gaming, it's basically Gen Con, but better. Uh, a lot less hectic. You can kind of just do your whole tabletop thing and then and then be gone. And they do have a, a decently sized vendor hall. Um, Gen Con is more where you want to go if you're doing tons of different board games and um, wanting to go see a bunch of different things and a bunch of different vendor halls. It's a whole different... Uh, beast of a convention. So Adepticon, um, I would definitely suggest uh, picking up some tickets and attending those events. They have events on uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and a beginner event on Sunday. If you're not a beginner, I believe there's an option to still sign up and then help out in some way um, with the newer players. So, all right. With all that said, uh, let's jump right into it before we lose any more time. Uh, so we're going to start this off with the easy one. We're going to go with Boltons. Um, only two changes here. So we have uh, the first and only like change to a unit, Tybalt, Master of the Dreadfort. His quality of life changed to Deceitful Envoy. Um, so basically the designer's note saying that this change was to bring in line uh, with the original design intent, namely Tybalt only being able to utilize his ability when he isn't already on the board. 
So basically, he's exactly the same. He just cannot trigger the ability unless he hasn't claimed a spot on the board yet, if I'm not mistaken. Is that I believe uh, so. right? Okay. So, um, yeah, uh, he turned from, uh, in my opinion, kind of broken. Uh, I mean, not like game-changingly broken, like like so broken that there's no way to beat him. But, I mean, it was clearly way, way too good. Um, and now I think he's just strong. You know, he, he went from, you know, I think they made the right call here. What do you think? Um, I mean, it's a painful to see since as you, when we continue discussing, Boltons are still not in a good spot, so it kind of sucks to lose a powerful NCU option that they had. But if this is how they originally intending it, intended it, then I'm fine with it. Um, so it's a minor, minor nerf, I guess, uh, what Boltons were able to do, but I suppose the inclusion of the other addition that they got in the update will hopefully mitigate it a bit. Yep, agreed. So uh, anyone listen, listening to the show before it kind of took a little bit of a hiatus, you know, I've been mentioning for a while now that, uh, and to even just in my local area, that I thought that um, what would help Boltons a lot wouldn't fix everything, but would help them a lot is even just unlocking neutrals, uh, neutral NCUs, uh, because as we'll probably, you know, discuss in a minute here, that's really all they needed. Um, but the other cha- other only change um, is uh, is that now they're allowed to take, they have access to all neutral uh, units, ex- uh, with the exception of any Bolton versions in the neutrals. So, for example, um, Boltons have a Roos commander. Uh, You cannot take the neutral Roos commander. Um, So, but you can now take all the Stormcrows, all of the uh, Bloody Mummers, um, all the NCUs. Uh, Personally, I, I don't know. Uh, with the way the deck works, with the way things happen, I mean, more options is always better, even if that better is minuscule. Generally, almost all your lists, unit-wise, is not really going to change. Um, maybe some Stormcrow Archers in there if you really want some, you know, long range that isn't, you know, Bastard Scrolls and um, and you're not liking the Dreadfort uh, Archers. I don't know. But uh, I think the NCUs is really where it's at uh, for them. Um, now, it comes right on the heels of, we'll talk about uh, in a minute, but just to shed a little light on the changes, just the slight nerf uh, to um, Littlefinger and to Varus. So it does impact them a bit, but then again, those uh, impact um, every faction. Um, so we'll see... Uh, I think we'll see how much impact this does to their to their ratings and their ability to perform. Now, I had planned to get into Boltons kind of before I t- took my break, um, so they're all uh, all I have is they're all primed and magnetized, and then I have one of each model and one of all the characters with just the because I was doing like a magenta. Uh, color. I have like one of everyone where the magenta is placed on, and that's kind of where I stopped. But 
Now, where I kind of put that on pause, uh, Spence here has actually uh, just recently taken Boltons to our last tournament and went um, three and one with them, taking uh, second place. So, um, what's uh, your uh, thoughts on this change? So, I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, I, I think there's gonna it's gonna create issues that we've had in the past where neutrals kind of dominate the faction now. Um, I actually do see some units making play. Uh, I do think Stormcrow Archers and Stormcrow Mercs can see it. Specifically, Stormcrow Mercs, I think, would actually Brienne become interesting because it's a six-point unit that's a four-up armor, four-up morale, so it's actually durable that they don't have, and with the sword, they would have hitting on threes. Um, so it's a, it's a nifty little unit. Uh, I think actually, even with the change to uh, the Golden Company Swordsman, I do think they're still better than some of the because they're than some of the seven point options that they have, Boltons, because it's a combination of more defensible and still has some offense, some good offense. It's just, I, I mean, obviously if you're looking for speed, you're looking at the Bloody Mummer options. It just it adds some things. There, there's pros and cons. Like, mo, you know, Cutthroats and Bastard Girls are far more offensive than than anything otherwise in the faction. But the two new units that you get in this faction of uh, the Spearmen and the Dreadfort Archers are not really standouts. So I could definitely see neutrals being utilized quite a bit. Um, and, yes, it'll go to the NCUs. The NCUs, you're going to see Peter, you're going to see Varys. Uh, I think if you're taking Gene Pool anyway, you might see Jockin even, because that could be an interesting combo to have two units get plus two morale. Um, and then I think there's going to be the issue of it's also going to phase out in faction. Tybald, with his change, will make him probably less played than he was before. I still think he's good enough to play because he'd play mind games with your opponent and can be still strong. Um, but I do think like Fat Waldo will not see play. Um, you can build a list that'll take Ramsey NCU, and it could be it could work, it will work. But I think you kind of more have to build for it now because why would you when you can just take Varys or Peter instead? And they're more utility pieces that are, you know, more more common to be used or have more useful overall abilities. I just think we're going to see a huge, or for the faction, the faction will perform better, but we're going to see them kind of do like 10 to 12 points of neutrals in almost every list that's competitive. And that's where the issues are going to come in. And it's an issue we've had in the past with other factions. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Um, now, I really don't think that it's going to be some night and day change. I really see, at best, Boltons, you know, squeaking up maybe one one slot in the, in the rankings of, of the faction rankings, at best. But I could totally be wrong. Um, you know, I mean, I could again, be wrong, too. I actually am not even sure if they'll move up one. I think one is the best case scenario. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, you know it's early. It's a little too early to say definitively. I just you know, um, like you were saying, there are definitely some great options in there, but they're not like you know they're not leaps and bounds 
above anything that they already had. We're um, not changing the just, problems of the faction. Yeah, it just gives them, it just makes them a little more dynamic. Like you were saying, you can take some, some faster options or uh, some beefier options with the Golden Company. Um, so we'll see. I I am hopeful because, um, again, more options is better. And I'm glad to see that this is, uh, I'm assuming, going to be the case for all mini factions or whatever they decided to call them. I can't remember anymore. I um, thought it was mini factions, but could be wrong. So, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm hopeful for that because, uh, fingers crossed, I'm really hoping for that, uh, that, uh, Umber mini faction, um, or even Tully. Uh, so. I could see Tully, uh, I'm not sure about Umber. I think Umber might stay in the Starks for now, for a while. Yeah, I but mean. That could be a show on its own talking about what mini factions we think could come. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited. Uh, NCU's, yeah, I agree. All there, uh, or even just uh, Walder, Walder and Gene Pool. Um, for uh, we'll talk about Walder in more in depth, but a little sneak peek into there is, you know, Walder being able to take first turn. So you could essentially go first five out of six rounds, especially if you don't think you're gonna even play the sixth round. You could guarantee that you're the first player rounds one through five, uh, which is pretty nuts. Uh, um, not really, because after your first player, would go back to the other person. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you could no, do it. Funny. You could do one through three. <laughs> yep. Well, it's funny you say that, because um, initially when someone pointed that out, I, I was like, oh, yeah. And then I thought about it. I'm like, no, but then it swaps again. It's not like, because... A lot of people have the mindset that you, if you go first, you go first one, three, five, or two, four, six automatically, and that's not the case. Yeah. It's no. the first player tokens always swapping, and it's you know it's just funny that I had a brain fart and forgot the thing that I had already told myself. Um, so yeah, but uh, even with that said, um, yeah, you could go first first turn, and then you can use I was thinking three, four, first. and five. Yeah, three you. Know, in short, you could go first three rounds in a row. Um, so, which would be interesting to be like, "Yep, I control first player for a while." Well, that, and if I'm not mistaken, even though they gain control of Gene Pool, uh, she doesn't die, and neither does Walder. So nope. it's not like you have to sacrifice an NCU to get these free. Yeah. Uh, Go for Gene Pool, it's just you sacrifice her for the round because your opponent gains control of her without the influence. Yep. But I will see. Um, I'm a little excited for it. All right. Next up, though, we'll jump into neutrals uh, and roll uh, roll it right into uh, Targaryens uh, with the Stormcrow connection there. Um, all right. So we have the controversial. Uh, change that we did talk about in the first episode with adaptive style um it it's definitely a, a lot less impactful for golden company as we mentioned with the lannisters i think uh the lannisport city watch were you know they took maybe way too big of a nerf with the nerf to adaptive style whereas golden company went from you know, seen in 
like, I don't know, I think it was something like 75% lists. I could be totally wrong, but uh, I know at the time, I think that was around how many were at nationals. <laughs> uh, and I'm partly guilty of that. I, one of my two lists had one golden company in it, so um, they were just that good. Um, it, if you had a golden company or a list, there was no way anyone could tell you that that was a bad choice, um, in my opinion. Because uh, even the options in some factions that had slightly better seven-pointers, uh, I mean, it was such a minuscule difference, and it was just a different role. For example, you know, Greyjoy's had the silencemen before their, you know, uh, change. And, again, even with how good silencemen were, uh, Golden Company swordsmen were still so good that I, could, I couldn't fault the Greyjoy player for taking them. Um, anyway, so their change to adaptive style is... Uh, a, Adaptive style is now um, build the same defensively, and instead of the offensive part where you get plus one die for every rank you still have and precision, it is now sundering and critical blow. Uh, my guess is that you got that sundering to replace the precision, um, which I think is a lot less dicey, but then you get the ability of Criplo which then turns it back into dicey. But I think that crit blow is supposed to uh, replace the fact that you're losing all those um, natural attack dice. Um, so you're you're relying a lot more on your rerolls. Um, you're re relying a lot more on not being weakened uh, and so forth. Personally, I think these guys are still solidly good some point unit. Um, they just numbers-wise, they're just worse than they were. But a lot of people were just running um, offensive commanders in them and taking the defensive option a lot of the times anyways, especially when you get down to last rank and that um, plus you would only get like plus one die uh, for extra. I think, the, you know, now that I'm saying it out loud, these guys are better than they were at uh, last rank uh, and arguably second rank or maybe just, you know, even, you know, break even at second rank and just worse at full rank. Um, what do you think, Spence? What do you think about that? Um, I think this was necessary changes. Uh, you had to take this unit down, like you said. It was it, it, In some factions, it was an auto-include auto unit. And in other factions, like you were saying, it just competed so well with even in-faction options that you couldn't blame people for taking them. That's that's the definition of kind of a unit that's too good at this point. Um, so I'm okay with the changes. I still think they're actually a very useful unit. I think now just you have to have a intended role for them, which is how it should be with every unit. <laughs> You should have an intended role in your list for them to play, and you can't just throw them in and be like, yep, they'll be good no matter what I do. Um, they're still very useful. Uh, with the re-rolls, I think you just fish for crits when you're doing the offense. Uh, still could actually do crazy amounts of hits if you're rolling well with sixes. Um, I think this is a good change for the game. I think it's a good change even for the unit for an extent because it's a uh, 
being an auto-occlude means nerfs were coming. And obviously the change of getting rid of their uh, iron resolve was not enough on its own. This still seems like it's useful, which is what I was... I was more worried about a, a nerf that would make the unit unusable. Um, because we have seen that in the past before, and that just really sucks. To have a unit go from it's amazing to it can't be played really anymore. So I'm okay with this. Happy with what the devs did. Still plan to play with it every now and then. But it might get more limited to an intended role or a neutral list, which... Makes sense. It probably should be there. Yep, agreed. <clears throat> so, um, next up we have the Lysine Cell Swords. Now, uh, Spence, I'll let you take it away with this one. I just realized that I didn't have, like, a lot of the actual changes up. I just have the, like, footnotes from the article. All right, give me a sec. Lysine Cell Swords. So, they had a similar, they had obviously changes, but they had, they kind of stayed somewhat the same. Uh, Raiders of the Free Cities is still like the new pillage mechanic. You get one pillage for her rank destroyed and a melee attack. You get plus one morale for the first pillage token. You get plus one attack die for the second. Um, I believe their attack profile stayed the same. Uh, their hit is still a three plus. Uh, they have 7, 5, 4 for dice. They have a movement of 5, 5 up armor, 7 up morale. Uh, the Pirate's Blade changed. So they used to have um, precision. Uh, if they have 2 pillage dice, they would have highest attack die. Uh, and then I don't remember what the second part was. They had a second part, I believe. Uh, it has changed to Critical Blow. So th this is what the new thing is. It's Critical Blow. If it has two pillage tokens, it gains highest attack die. And after completing a melee attack, this unit restores one wound for each pillage token on it. Uh, and that that's all. Uh, all from a melee attack. It's... I still just don't see this unit competing with things like Cutthroats for an offensive weapon. I do think Critical Blow is a better option than it was getting. Um especially because it can get up to eight dice hitting on threes if you have rerolls from, say, charge or uh, an ability giving them rerolls. I mean, it could do big, big damage of just doing standard hits, which against weak armor will will hurt them pretty bad. Um, I I still just don't see the place of this unit. Like, I feel like it needs... So It's a role, if it's I... a role that I just don't know where it's going. So if I may, uh, this unit, as a neutral unit, if we're talking about this unit for neutrals, agree, there's just not a place for this unit, um, unless we're talking Greyjoys. If he literally just had a Greyjoy border and he was part of the Greyjoy army, uh, personally, I think he have a, a an amazing place. I know he's competing right up there next to the amazing Reavers, but... It's that Even healing effect. Pillagers. Yep. Well, it's that healing effect where I think it, he finds kind of that different role than the others, and that's because you throw a, a war sworn in here. If you have two pillage on this unit through, let's say, you decide to run more of like a Balon, and you have lots of ways to throw that pillage really quickly, this unit with two pillage with a war sworn is going to get really annoying. 
Um, I mean, now super tough tank units are gonna. It's gonna be an annoyance in the sense that they're gonna have to spend a little more time than they're really gonna want to on this unit. But anything less, the amount of healing this thing is gonna do is gonna be probably insane. Uh, probably frustratingly insane. Um, because you do a single wound. All right, I just healed three. You do a single wound with missing ranks. All right, I healed four or five. Like, <laughs> just simply attacking and healing four or five. That's it's a little crazy. Um, and so that's where I think he'll find a role. Outside of that, without a pillage mechanic to, uh, from other factions to boost this guy, they're really, I don't know, uh, needing to, let's say, you put him in any other faction that has no pillage mechanic, and you have to simply rely on this unit to run up and destroy two ranks to get going with its engine, you almost ask yourself, why are they even in neutrals? Um, I, I know why thematically, because they're Lysine Cell Swords. They're not, um, they're not Greyjoy. So, Unfortunately, I think if you want to stick with these lies, I would love if they just changed this card to be some Greyjoy unit. Just change the name, change the character, be a Greyjoy unit in the sense of all the stats, all the abilities, and then just do something else with the Lycian Soul Swords. You know, the name and the picture is what I'm saying. Um, and you just make something completely different. Because the whole pillage mechanic thing is not going to work unless you add some way to do the pillage mechanic side of Greyjoys. Um, what do you think? Yeah, it's kind of the same problem. I'm having... I was more thinking in the context of everyone but Greyjoys, really, when I was discussing it. Um, I just... I don't see a place outside of Greyjoys, like you're saying. It just... Without ways to manipulate panic... To, or uh, panic pillage tokens without a way to manipulate them which only Greyjoys have at the moment this unit just is going to struggle to function well and that's kind of just all there is to say about it yep I agree um, now with that said let's say what I said happens and or let's just let's even take that out of the picture. Let's just go straight to them in the context of Greyjoys because that's where they'll work. I do I do have the fear that they might be a little too good. Um, just barely. I don't think they're broken. I don't think like if you run nothing but these guys, you're gonna run all over people. Uh, but like I think I they said, would surprise people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I guess you couldn't. I mean, even though they have the pillage and everything, yeah. they are still, neutral, still neutral. So you could only you can't run more. You could than only two run two. But still, um, these guys will be very frustratingly annoying. Combined with their ability of war sworn, and then all the ways to heal, they're they're gonna make most other things that heal look like nothing, in my opinion. If like you take Victorian, and now you have four different free ways to free attack. Um, now uh you know it it gets it potentially gets a little insane um even uh uh you take like brawn and these guys now you don't have that war sworn but uh you have a free attack essentially meaning that even though you don't have the war sworn to heal those extra from like dealing a wound uh 
the thing is with their Pirates Blade, they don't even have to do a single wound to you. They just heal. Um, so if you attack, heal two. Ron, free attack, heal two. Now, if you have a pillage already, you're at six morale. Ron is going to put you at uh, uh, five morale, four up. So now you're a four up, five up. And you're healing potentially minimum four around between Braun and, uh, um, excuse me, uh, Braun and just their natural attack. Um, and all for a six point unit. So. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. I'm excited to finally, because uh, before this, before the change, uh, let's say their original version when they first came out, I had the had them primed and I was ready. They were going to be the next thing I painted. Then they, uh, right before I got a chance to paint them, they changed. And I was like, ah, well now Reavers are just easily better. They're just easy, hands down better. So I just kind of had them sitting there. Now with this change. They're not an auto, for me, they're not an auto-include over Reavers. Definitely not. But they're, they're like, right there, in my opinion. Uh, it just depends on the role you want. Um, Reavers are a lot more alpha strike. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I will say they would be interesting with, like, Clefjaw Commander because he has coordination tactics. So coordination tactics between them and Re- this unit and Reavers. Like, okay, Reavers need some extra healing after this attack and gaining critical blow. Or the opposite, give them thundering and furious charge and three rolls and yep. like they are an interesting <laughs> unit to diversify your options in Greyjoys because they only have what seven eight units right now. So get, giving Two them Greyjoys, yeah, giving them another option doesn't seem like a bad thing. Yep, I agree. Um. All right, so next up we have, uh, I want to skip the Stormcrow for now. We got the Bloody Mummer Skirmishers. So they once again got another buff. They These guys are getting a buff almost every single patch. Not every single one, but it seems like, I don't know, like three out of four patches they've gotten a, uh, a buff. So now they're speed six, and their melee deck, uh, attack dice value increased from 754 to 765. And these guys, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, are still six points. Yep. So, uh, I, I mean, it's good. Uh, the, the thing is, is that these guys, there's, they're fine at six points. It's just, they're, having a hard time finding a role at six points. So, like, on paper, these guys are, in my opinion, clearly worth six points. They're just not performing at six points. So I, I see why they're given the buff, and I am not arguing the buff. Um, I think it's what's needed. Um, I just don't know if uh, this will do it. I don't know if this takes them out of that trouble of finding a role. Um because uh, that extra move is really nice. Um, and then the extra die uh, attack dice, uh, again, nice. But I don't know. I am glad that they are slightly tweaking and not just, like, going crazy with uh, changes. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? 
So I would say a similar boat. They they needed some changes. Like they they just weren't taking you know what they were currently trying to do. However, I I do think the movement might be the bigger part actually of what changed. Gaining plus one move actually kind of can not not quite change the role of the unit, but it can definitely make it where it can get into combat and influence the influence the game a little better with uh you know being able to get into the combat and use that disrupt and counter strike if they attack you well disrupt anyway so disrupt even with another unit um it still is just a support unit that just i feel like most of the time is getting out competed by other options um and they're still going to get targeted for their low morale, which didn't change. Um, they're still really flimsy when your opponent actually does hit them. Like if they have a reroll effect to get more hits through, they still kind of crumble pretty quickly. Uh, they're better. They're definitely better. Uh, and they do, at least in my opinion, merit a look when you're considering things. But this is another unit that has to have a very defined role in your faction of what you want it to do. Um, otherwise, it's just it's not going to perform well. It still has no offensive abilities. It's entirely dependent on disrupt and counter strike and some weakens being enough. Um, so I, I'm interested to see where it falls, but I don't see this one changing all that much its usage. Its usage will go up slightly just because it did get better, but I don't think it's going to be any significant by a significant amount. Personally, I think you know uh, that the easiest way with the most minimal change that you add to these guys from here is you change out that disrupt for um, uh, agile. Um, Help protect them against ranged attacks. Because these guys are going to, you know, these guys are just easy pickings for ranged attacks. Like, oh, you have Counter-Strike and Disrupt, but you only have a 5-up save and 7-up morale? All right, I'm just going to shoot you to death. Uh, now that 6-move, uh, like you said, that definitely will help them close the gap. But I think the, you know, these guys are, you know, are in neutrals, and when they are taken in, they're almost never taken in um, other factions. So other units is actually not that common. I think they would just, uh, Agile would just serve them so much better. Um, and then that, in my opinion, would, it wouldn't make them an easy take, but that would that would shore up a, a huge weakness with range attacks. I was thinking either that or give them an offensive keyword like Vicious so that they could work in something like Boltons or Lannisters or, you know, a panic-based faction. I mean, their own commander tries to do panic stuff, and it just doesn't work because he doesn't synergize very well with his own units. Yeah, so I was thinking somewhat the same, uh, or I was even thinking like Elusive Escape or something to match the Elusive Escape from the Zorse Riders. But, but they have no way to retreat. I mean, with the board You're just or taking something, the board. I don't know, but yeah. Um, but I guess, uh, anyways, to get to like my main point about it is that um, ever since talking to Fabio long ago, uh, I'm always very mindful of how much space is left on the card. They 
without taking something away, you just you simply can't give them anything else. There is not space for it. Um, and that is something that they're keenly aware of when they are making things. Um, there has to be space. Uh, and at best, you might be able to, like you said, maybe fit a keyword on that little bottom section down there. Possible. I'm sure they could work a little, you know, magic to, like, squish things a little. But um, it would – that's literally all that would have space for is, like, a, a one-liner keyword. But I was almost even thinking, like, a keyword might be a little too much. I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, I, I wouldn't say it'd be broken Maybe nothing. Maybe change their almost... weakened ability to be just like the uh, – the do – or the – yeah, the Dune Vipers, where it's just after a melee attack, you auto-become weak, and it doesn't matter if they've activated? Um, yeah, um, or even oh, that and a combination of, like, a situational precision. Like, this unit has precision as long as your opponent is weakened or something. Awesome. Um, that way, you know, you're more inclined to keep that weakened. You're, it, it gives you that tough choice of, okay, do I use that weekend for the Counter-Strike and Disrupt, or, man, I want to keep it on there, I want to get that precision. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but overall, even though we're talking all this theory crafting with this unit, uh, I think they're fine changes. I just don't think it pulls them out of that little rut that they're in that no one's really taken them. But we'll see. I've always, I've you know, I painted up my, well, almost painted up both units of my uh, Zorse Riders. They're uh, four of them are 100% done, and the other four are like 90% done. I just have to do the stripes on the horses. Anyways, or on the sources, I should call them. Um, so I'm excited for these guys either way. Um, the only downside for me is that uh, uh, my current uh, little goal for our local tournaments is try to get first place with every faction. I've already gotten as of since we started on stats, I'm pretty sure by now I've gotten first place with, like, everything but, um, I don't know, Targaryens. Um, anyways, uh, first place with every faction, and the only ones I've actually done right now is neutrals and free folk. Um, so neutrals are sort of on the shelf for me, only because I'm working on, on that little, you know, personal goal. Anyways, so... We can kind of move on from there. Uh, all right, we'll jump, we'll skip the uh, dervishes to talk about the NCUs. That way we can roll the dervishes in with the Targaryens. All right, so first uh, two changes, simple and easy and fair. Lord Varys and Peter both lost an order token. So Lord Varys now has three. Peter has two. Um, Lord Varys, I think, is the absolute perfect change. It's what practically everyone was suggesting and I think he is a still a strong pick but probably a strong pick as a third NCU maybe a second but a, I would say almost like a guaranteed third pick if you need an NCU that doesn't require the board any newer newer players out there that's uh that's something you want to look for is if you're running a three NCU lineup a very strong third pick is an NCU that doesn't require to be on the board. So that way, if you're facing someone with three NCUs as well, and it's on the round where they're going to get uh, all three of theirs on the board and you're only going to get two, you can leave that third one that doesn't need a zone on the bench and still get their effect to trigger. Now, it's not, you know, you don't have to do that. 
some there there are some very strong three NC lineups that are strong enough that you don't care if one of the three don't get their effect every other turn or every other round, but just something to think of when you're picking a third MCU. Now, Peter, in my opinion, I don't know. I don't like that, like, the whole main reason you run Peter for the, uh, being able to double up on zones is what got weakened. I thought he was perfect at, um, you know, without that auto-control a zone part, but I see that they just wanted him to have more flavor, is my guess. They wanted him to, uh, um, you know, not lose out on a whole ability. They'd rather just, you know, do a third of one ability. So, I don't know. What's what's your thoughts on those two? So, I would say kind of the similar thoughts. I thought for Peter they would hit the once-per-game effect. But the more I think about it, the more I'm, I'm okay, actually, with just hitting one of his tokens instead. And I do think taking away one token from Barris was kind of a bare minimum you had to do. I could even see them going back and maybe tweaking the auto hit aspect of him to go down to two instead of three. Maybe that's something they'll do in the future. If he stays power, you know, a super powerful, always taken NCU. Um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but these are good changes. I think Peter's going to be in a good spot now. And I think Varus will be a little strong, but we'll see if he's too strong still. Uh, three three tokens for for a four point NCU for those abilities is still really good. Yep, I would almost even like to see him go to two tokens and then gain like a, a I don't know some tiny cool ability like Peter, you know, because being able to double up on a, a zone um, is very similar to like getting a mini zone effect with Varus. Now the the trade-off is that you're having to activate a second NCU to double up on that zone opposed to getting a mini effect for your opponent activating. But I don't know, maybe two tokens for Varus and then uh, like another ability that uh, is like very um, thematic with uh, Varus. But I don't know. Once per uh, game, overall, subterfuge. Yeah. <laughs> um, but overall, I like it. Um, now, a one... One thing I noticed uh, to kind of touch back on the Lannister thing, remember how you guys pointed out to me that you have to take, or you cannot take um, what's-his-face if you take Varys, uh, Kyburn? Yep. Is Does it make any sense to you that you can take the one-point Kyburn and still take Varys? Hmm. I think so, because when you look at the timeline, <laughs> Varys was still Master of Whispers when Kyburn was just kind of experimenting under Cersei. I think. Oh, I could have that, my timeline. You know, maybe wrong. that. Maybe that's why it makes sense. I didn't look at the subtitle, like their uh, whatever it's called. Um, yeah, I don't remember the timeline, so it might work out that way, but it might not. Yeah, maybe the maybe he has a different name as the one point uh, version, and so that's why it makes sense. Um, <laughs> I thought maybe it was because of the theory that they were the same person. Well, Sorry, I believe me. their titles are not the same, the NCUs, uh, Varys and Quiburn. They're not the same, but I believe their ability is the same, which is Little Doves, I believe. Oh, or Little okay. Birds. Like, the, yep. I think their ability name is the same, even though they're not the same ability. 
but their title isn't the same. I don't think. Yep. Um, and then last up, we have uh, a complete rework of Walder Frey. He is still five points, uh, but he instead of having the must activate or no, not still five points. Sorry, he was four points, and then he had to like activate last out of everything of yours, and then he got to like you know basically choose any zone if he claimed a zone, yada yada. Uh, but now he is five points, and he has a once per game ability nothing else he just has this one ability once per game uh when he claims a zone you may replace that zone's effect with uh two of these three options uh one enemy becomes weakened vulnerable and panicked one friendly unit restores three wounds or at the start of the next round you become the first player uh very strong effects uh a lot of people are looking at him simply because of that first player effect, and I agree that's that's what makes him stand out. Um, but personally, I think uh, the other two are nothing to scoff at. Uh, three wounds right before taking the bags and heal three more. Especially, you know, it's ten points, so you might not be doing this, but Tycho Walder, you literally could heal... Uh, six, eleven wounds. You could go from one wound all in one action of start of the turn, Tycho 5, Walder, activate, take, uh, um, the bags, heal 3 3. Uh, he replaces the and, zone. Oh, you replace the zone. That makes it a lot less, uh, good. Um, so. I'm pretty sure still, he replaces the zone, but I'm not looking at it. No, he does. I'm I'm seeing it right now. So it's a good catch. Um so still, uh healing eight wounds and you have one left and you go to nine, um, that's still full ranks. Um but I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him. I he's he's definitely a tech piece. You really for five points this ability, you really have to time it really well. Um, I guess you could say that about all of the once-per-gamers that are, like, big like this. But, I don't know. Um, only being able to choose two. Personally, because you have to replace the zone, you should get all three. That's that's my opinion. What do you think? Do all three. Uh, I'm actually okay with him as he is. I actually like him. I know there's some grumbling about why is he five points? Is he worthy of a five point? I think you can make that debate, but the power of becoming first player when you need it, because he no longer has to activate last anymore, you can just activate him whenever you want. That power is, it's probably worth five points. Now, as you're kind of alluding to, you're not taking him for anything other than becoming first player, because he is only once per game ability, and it has to replace his own. So I don't think you're taking him ever for not becoming first player. So it's really which of the other two you want. I do want to point out the one that puts out token or both of them, the tokens and the healing, how they're worded, neither of them target a unit. That means your opponent has much less counterplay, which is probably a good thing for a once-per-game ability. Um, because then you would have, like, Flavman has no secrets taking out the entire ability just by being, oh, you target a unit finally. Okay, I'm going to just cancel the whole thing. Um, uh, I mean, I think it still counts as targeting because uh, Tycho counts as targeting, and he uh, he says sure once Tycho, per game. 
Tyco, I think, says to uh, target units. No, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Once per game at the start of any turn, you may restore five oh. wounds total right. across any number of friendly combat units. I think it's the the fact that you have a choice. Um, uh, it's just since it says one enemy becomes or one friendly unit becomes, uh, because you have a choice of which enemy or which friendly, I think is what uh, classifies it as targeting. I could be wrong. We should have I Brett could be on. Too. But... Uh, I do wish then if that was the case, just put the word target in there, target one enemy or target one friendly. <laughs> it wouldn't have changed yeah. anything. There's plenty of room for the text, and it would clarify all that. Um, which is a general problem. I do have gripe with Simon where it's like, there's times where just, just put the word in there. Don't assume, don't assume it falls well, under one of these categories. Just put target in there. <laughs> it's funny because they did it with, uh, uh, tourney grounds was, uh, mentioning that they did add it to some things so like target and they're like, Oh man, they actually added target. But yeah, like Walter Frey here or even Tycho, not that he got changed have plenty of space in the text box to add, you know, target one enemy uh, yes. unit. Tycho, target and it becomes uh, up to, or any friendly units in the heal. Yep. Yeah, no, there, but, there's room. I really wish they would take a pass during one of these updates and just do that to almost everything that you can. I understand you might not want to change tactics cards because of that, you know, just to add target. But in general, everything else that's not a tactics card, in my opinion, just take your time, go through everything, and put target if it targets, just to simplify all that. Anyway, back yep. to Walden. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's he's good, but at five points, you do have to have plans in, in mind for him. You can't just throw him in. Like I think at four points, like some people thought were I've heard gripes about, four points, I think he'd almost become an auto-include. He would be real close, in my opinion. At five points, you have to... Have, be sure, like, one, you have to have a floating point somewhere where you're like, okay, I'll upgrade this NCU to this. And you kind of have to have a plan for him. It's not just a do-whatever. Um, yep. I I like it, actually. I never took Walter before. I just, at four points and having to be the last activation, I found it too much of a hindrance where I usually was taking him in a three NCU list, and it's like, great, I have to pass with one of my NCUs. Or, unless I'm taking water gardens or house of the undying to have an extra space that's like the only way you do it um i didn't like him before i at least like the idea of putting him in some list now yeah i agree uh even though for me a little less so i mean i agree in the sense that he's definitely great definitely has a designated role uh but at five points there's just so many good ncus out there you have to really you, know, you have to really plan your list with him in mind. You can't just in my opinion, he's not just one of those he's really good, let's just throw him in there unless you're just trying to play around. Um because just how I feel about him, he is only worth that five points if you like really capitalize on his abilities. Because he has to claim his own and then replace it meaning that if your opponent has three NCUs, you really can't just wait around uh, to, like, replace a zone that you're, you know, that doesn't really do anything for you. Um, you're going to want to be activating your other, other NCUs uh, to, I mean, if you only have two, then that's a little bit of a different story. But that's what I was going to go have three, to. Yeah, if you I have three, though, counter... and they have three. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, if you have three and they have three, um, you're not going to want to wait for like crown to replace or whatever zone it is that you don't like, um, which, uh, you know, it makes it rough, especially if you really need to get those uh, tokens or healing, whichever the two that you pick uh, alongside the first player for next round. Um, it does create some timing issues that uh, you'll have to really, you know, work around. So, yeah, go ahead. Uh, the point I was going to make before I was done with Walder is the old water Walder having to activate last meant he couldn't go in a 2NCU list. It was just too much of a detriment, in my opinion, to run him in a 2NCU list. This version, you can run in a 2NCU list. Because you can just be like, all right, this is a turn I finally need to do is once per game. But every other time, he's still just an NCU that activates when you want. Yep. I like him, but we can move on. All right. So last up for neutrals before we tie it into the Targaryens is the Stormcrow Dervishes. Uh, so they got a change to uh, – got it right here. All right, their speed increased – or not speed, sorry, I'm looking at the skirmishers. Stormcrow Dervishes, their morale increased from a 6 to a 5 now. Um, oh, yeah, and there's Stormcrow Archers changed too, and the Mercenaries. Sorry, I'm looking at the footnotes, and for whatever reason, uh, the Stormcrow Archers and the Mercenaries are, like, in the description line of the Dervishes, uh, rather than bolded and on their own line. Anyways, so Stormcrow Dervishes... Uh, got an increased morale from 6 to a 5. They originally were 7, I think, or... I don't know, I can't remember anymore. Their morale has changed so much. I think they started as Their morale was a, a 7. They got changed last update to a 6, and now it's being changed to a 5. No, I feel like it was even more than that. I think it started as 6. Got, for what uh, like a weird reason, got nerfed, like, off the bat to a 7. I think it was the 20... What is it, the 2020 update, where they 20, did an overhaul of everything? That's yeah, 2021 is when they were a 6. Um, and then the next patch was a 7, and there were 7 for a very long time. And then I think last patch or the one before, they got put to a 6 and still was not seeing play. They are now a 5. Um, this change is big. Uh, I don't think there are no auto-include, but... Uh, again, I'm going to reference Turning Grounds because they made a lot of good points. If anyone listening has not listened to the Turning Ground episode yet about this, definitely go check that out. It is like five and a half hours, but probably not going to be much different than uh, all three of our shows combined. It's probably going to be around the same amount of uh, coverage. Anyways, uh, it is flirting with some uh, pretty dangerous combos by making these guys too good. Um, Swift Strike is a very powerful attack that has a lot of crazy interactions. So uh, I'm excited that these guys are probably going to finally start seeing play, in my opinion. Um, but again, got to keep an eye out for these guys. That Swift Strike caused a lot of uh, problems on the grand scheme of this game with being a neutral unit. What do you think? I would agree that I think they're going to start seeing some play. I'm not as optimistic that there'll be as much, um, simply because Ambush just isn't a good ability, and it's hard to pull off without Elusive Escape. And 
very few factions have an attachment that'll give that to them. So, yep. I do think, though, I have, like, when I've gone through my list, there are a couple lists where I have considered them, and even a few where I put them in, because I do think they do bring now an interesting element and can compete with some seven-point options in factions. Yeah, we'll see. Um, it's one of those units that uh, I think uh, are, like I said, going to be seeing play. And I haven't really uh, thrown them in a lot of my lists, surprisingly, and not because I don't think they're worth it. They're just out of sight, out of mind, um, because they've been out of sight, out of mind for so long. You know, feel like years now. So, uh, but I'm, I'm, I want to like put it to the forefront and really start to put these guys in some lists because uh, yeah, I, I think, think Rob Stark is going to love this unit now because his yep. issue is always trying to get the retreat to happen. Well, Swift Strike means I'll retreat every time, and with regroup, enhanced mobility, and tactical or tactical reposition, he can have this thing be a guided missile, just going wherever it wants, all the time, and healing and not dying. Yep. <laughs> um, but if I'm not mistaken, uh, let me see. Where is he? Who is it that, uh, isn't there a generic uh, attachment that gives Elusive Escape? For which faction? I was thinking Martells, but now I can't remember. I don't think Martells do. Not generic. Maybe it's not generic, but you wouldn't need a generic one. You just need a na even a named one-pointer. Really, I, I don't think they do, actually. I don't think they have one at all. where I remember seeing that. They have it on their unit for dervishes. Yeah, I know that much. I could have sworn I'm I'm probably just mistaking it with enhanced mobility from the uh high uh was it Hermitage Sentinel? Yeah, he's ambushing. Enhanced ambush mobility. It. But even then that would be pretty funny cuz are they a 6 move or a 5? They're a 6 move, but they already have ambush. So you'd be doubling up on that ability. Oh yeah, that's true. So, never mind there, but I still think uh Now maybe I'll flank. <laughs> Yep. Well, that's also what I was thinking, because you could put, um, I don't know, something, I was thinking elusive escape in here, and then you put the outflank, granted that makes them eight points, but ambush, swift strike, elusive escape, and the potential of motivated by coin uh, is probably worth uh, eight points um, with, you know, that new four up, five up uh, defensive profile. Um but I don't know. I don't know if that's any much better than just outflanking some Bastos girls and then shoot charging. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm excited for They're more defensible than Bastard girls, which is something that doesn't get talked about much. Yep, that is true. Uh, so my uh, my recommendation to anyone listening, definitely try throwing these guys on a bunch of lists. Um, just one of. You don't, I don't think you really need more than one. Um, no. And probably casual list to try it out before you want to take it to competitive events. Oh, yeah, of course. I would say, you know, next time you play a casual game, throw this guy in, even maybe with just your commander or something, or just play around with it. I think uh, you'd be pleasantly surprised. All right, next uh, change is the uh, Stormcrow Archers. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, only thing that was changed is they were given... Uh, uh, that ability. Loyalty through Loyalty coin. Loyalty through coin. Yep. 
I want, I kept wanting to call it uh, the other one, um, motivated by coin. Loyalty through coin. Um, great, great addition. I think uh, Stormcore archers were underrated. Um, now it did take a little, uh, you know, planning to get them to like their potential. You know, you had to run multiple. You had to really run your NCUs and really target those zones that were already popular. You know, the bags, the letter, and the sword. But now it was really emphasizing the bag. Um, uh, but loyalty through coin, uh, for those that don't know, gives a plus one to defense, plus one to morale. I think the morale is a lot more... Uh, While you controlling know, the coin. Yep, off, when you control the coin, uh, you get plus one defense, plus one morale. Um, and I think that morale buff is uh, the better of the two, um, really just because, you know, you're hoping that your bowmen are not going to be charged, and so really just worried about, like, those um, those morale tests from, like, Crown or being zapped somehow, some way. Uh, Even some auto-hypnotics, though, for the armor. Yep. Now, I will say the loyalty through coin uh, is a nice add, uh, but then now uh, a combo I liked running um, with uh, neutrals was putting brawn, uh, putting brawn in them for the potential of the... Uh, or no, sorry, you could... Yeah, so for the free attack through motivated by coin when you take the the money back, but now it's going to double up on that loyalty through coin, and I think it's just a lot less useful. Um, the upside to that is you can then throw brawn in... Uh, well, I guess you can't throw them in any Stormcrow units. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. It's going to double up something somewhere, uh, which is a little unfortunate. Um, but still, a good change, and I think that brings them right right in line with maybe not the top range units but uh, with some of the, the other range units. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it pushes them into the middle of the pack for six point uh, range unit support units. Um, they're not going to be the best, but they're far from the worst. Though I didn't really think they were the worst to begin with. Um, sorry, Dreadford Archers, I think you take the cake. Um, <laughs> but it's it's an interesting change because it does, like you said, increase their durability with armor and morale, which other than random panic or not random, but targeted panic testing to try and drop them ranks. Generally, you're just like, I don't really want that unless I'm getting engaged. And if I'm getting engaged, I'm not getting the value out of this unit anymore. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's an interesting change that I like. I just don't know how impactful it'll be. Um, I do still think, like you were saying, you want the crown anyway for their ability. That gives them sundering. So, yeah, it's a good change. I like it. Uh, I actually like Stormcrow Archers kind of anyway, so I'm okay with this change. Yep, I agree. So I think uh, I think Stormcrow, you know, going on to the last uh, unit here, um, Stormcrow in general has gotten a, a decent, uh, we'll call it a decent facelift. Because um, now with the Stormcrow Mercenaries, the only change for them is their morale went from a 7 to a 6. Uh, to be totally honest, unneeded. Stormcrow Mercenaries were already taken uh, because of that adaptive. Um, I mean, yeah, I, uh, I would say the same thing. Um, they were already being taken, but I don't think they were great for their value. It was really just the adaptive, so this kind of gave them a small facelift, but it probably was unneeded. Sorry, I interrupted. Continue. 
No, you're good. I was just, the first thing that comes to mind, because I compare them a lot when I'm list building, uh, uh, Stark Sworn Swords. Uh, That extra point to get an attachment uh, and the motivated by coin, the tiebreaker for me was the morale. Now I almost like ask myself, do I just run mercenaries over Sworn Swords because I get that extra attachment? I can run you know, a Sworn Sword Captain in these guys for the same points as uh, Sworn Swords, that now with that buff to their morale, they are literally the exact same stats across the board on the left side of the card. Move, defense, morale, attack profile. Uh, Now, granted, Sworn Swords do have the cool combo at last rank. You put Catelyn on them, and you play one of their attack cards, and then they get, like, a bajillion effects for a unit that has one to four wounds on it, but still, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, uh, not much else to say there. I think uh, not really needed, but sure. I, I mean, maybe they just needed something because they wanted not necessarily Stormcrow mercenaries to be a, a more popular option in other factions. They're just trying to give the sub faction. We'll not call it a mini faction, we'll call it the sub faction within neutrals to get a facelift and be more viable as an all Stormcrow army in neutrals. So Yeah, I could I could agree that might have been the reasoning. Uh I mentioned it earlier, but the combo I love is Stormcrow Mercs now with Brienne, Maiden of Tarth. Give them Stallworth and the Knightly Vow. It's only a six point unit, but now it's a four up armor, four up morale. And if you control the sword, they hit on threes with seven five four or seven five four, and you get to select a unit after deployment to get a reroll charges against. I yep. think it's a really good unit, or it's a really good durable well, unit. <laughs> to their morale, um, you know, there's so many like amazing combos that you can start doing um, uh, within other factions. Not even just like you're saying, Bran is good even if you do neutrals with these guys. Uh, but other factions um, with these guys, like, uh, what was it, Tully Commander. Not that he's, like, super popular or strong, but give them, I believe, Stalwart and Stand Your Ground. Now, uh, though they lose out on that bit of offensiveness from Brienne, it's a free commander. Oh, no, you wouldn't want to do that because of adaptive. I knew there was a reason why you wouldn't do commanders in here. Anyways, but there's still other things. Um well, depends. You, you have an attachment that. It also depends. You have an attachment that can, you know, break usual attachment rules. Then you could do a commander like Quentin for the Martells. Put a commander in there yep. and then put Quentin in for free and go like, okay, I got a free outflank as well. Yep, that's true. Um, uh, or yeah, or I guess you can't do it with Greyjoys. It has to be a Greyjoy unit. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, to, to stop beating kind of a dead horse. Great change, and uh, to kind of roll it into our next uh, segment, and possibly last segment, is the Targaryens. Um, So quite a bit of changes for this one. Um, Obviously, we'll skip all the Stormcrow stuff, because all of the stuff we just mentioned applies to the exact Stormcrows in Targaryens. And again, um, that might... The, let's say the morale change for the mercenaries might have been a factor because of Targaryens. Maybe they weren't really caring about the them within the other factions and just caring about them as Targaryens and 
and neutrals. Um, not to say they didn't think about the other factions, but I think their main goal was, okay, let's let's see if we can do an all Stormcrow neutrals or an all Stormcrow Targaryens. Uh, now, with that said, I will throw this out there. I am surprised that um, they didn't add the rule that you couldn't run uh, neutral Dario commander in Targaryens because you can't run neutral Rus in Boltons or neutral Ramsey in Boltons. Just I think, think like, the answer is because they wouldn't be doubling up on cards that are already in the deck by doing that. I suppose, but just like for the consistency of like the rule itself, um, I don't know. Like, I'm it's still not thinking though they just, it just. I think they thought of: Do we really want Boltons to potentially have four Flademan has no secrets in their deck? <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I probably like so. But their reasoning is, or they didn't really give a reasoning, but. At face value, the reasoning is that, you know, they wanted you to take the Bolton commanders. So you would think uh, that that would be the same. Um, but uh, anyways, just a little side note I had thought about. Um, so first change we have here is Belwas Veteran Fighter. Um, just like uh, Anta Koholo Blood Rider. Both of those attachments um, got their battle scars changed to the updated battle scars, which is now rather than every time you take a hit, you take an order token. It's um, you get one of three effects, and for every destroyed rank, you get another one between uh, what is it, vicious, highest attack die, or rerolls. Yep, um, and you get one for every destroyed rank. Yep, or one um, plus one for every destroyed rank. Correct. Uh, okay. So. Amazing change, uh, in my opinion, even though you don't get to stack them all. Um, I like it. It turns the ability into this, am I going to get to use it this game, into uh, a more, you know, more uh, generally useful over the course of the whole game. Because, like, excuse me, in the last tournament that we just played, uh, literally... Uh, and it was Fire and Blood. I was facing Greyjoys, and they had uh, Cleft Jaw on some Iron Makers. Uh, I, I literally just kept shooting him, and he's like, "Oh, cool, a free uh, Battle Scar token." Shot him again, free Battle Scar. Like he was already at full uh, Battle Scars before ever entering combat. And then I did a little combo and one shot. I, I, I shouldn't say one shot him, but I was able to get him to activate. And then I got to attack, attack, a free attack, and then I got the first attack on the next round, and he died before ever getting to do his battle scar once. Um, so whereas this, you're, you know, you get to take its effect right away. So in my opinion, way better of a uh, of an ability for that reasoning. I've never been a fan of. All right, let's try to build up this uh, this ability. Um, and then hope that by the time I get to make good use of it, uh, I'm not dead. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Um, that's uh, the issue that the ability had. And the nice part about this one is if you haven't been attacked and you're still getting just one ability, you already have highest attack time. So you're really just actually looking at getting vicious or getting rerolls depending on what you need. 
obviously, if you just charge, you don't need rerolls probably either. So it's just vicious, which is still very useful to have, honestly, um, uh, on the unit that you've chosen. I don't yep. know how useful the two-point cavalry attachment is going to be. I know he also adds you cannot be weakened, as all the Blood Rider attachments do. I just I still don't know if that's worth two full points. Um, we'll, we'll see. But I do like Bellawas. Bellawas in, say, I don't know, Stormcrow mercenaries that we just talked about for free. Um, I could also see him going in maybe Brazen Beast to give them rerolls or highest attack die along with their motley armaments. Uh, you could put them in the unsullied options. He becomes real interesting, I think, Bellawas one-point attachment. When you have an extra point, I think he could be one that you look at and go, eh, let's see where I want to put him today. Uh, this ability became immensely better, and now it's it went from, a, for example, uh, we, we'll talk on a different episode, but um, Mage Mormont, she, her commander just gives battle scars. That's it. And before, between her just getting battle scars and her tactics card lineup, before it got its uh, slight buffs, um, I just felt she was horrible. <laughs> like I was like, why would I ever take her? And but now battle scars, though it is still as is, a bit on the weaker side for what a commander would have. But it's it's don't undervalue the versatility of getting to choose which one, even if you only get one for like half the game. Let's just say like you just are not being attacked or whatever, and you're not losing ranks. Um, even the ability to choose which one at what time you want is huge, especially in uh, Starks or any other faction that has a way to give the unit rerolls, vicious, highest attack die. Now you can double up, or not necessarily double up, but, you know, play, uh, um, uh, like the, I can't Northern remember Ferocity what it's called. Northern Ferocity and Winter's Yeah, Light. Northern Ferocity. You play Northern Ferocity, give them Vicious. Okay, cool. Now I don't have to choose it. Uh, I charged you. Last rank. Okay, I don't, or no, I guess last rank doesn't make sense because, uh, you'll get to choose all the abilities. But let's just say, uh, um, you charge, uh, and roll a one. I guess you're not playing this. I don't know. There's there's scenarios where you're going to be able to only get one from Battle Scars and then get the others through other means. Is mm-hmm. a long story short, and I think that uh, you know that's what makes Battle Scars a lot better than what it seems like at face value. All right, so. Uh, Valskar's amazing. Uh, can't wait to, you know, I've been throwing in a bunch of lists. Next up we have uh, Dothraki Veterans. Their defense was improved from a 5 to a 4. Uh, personally, I don't know. I'm indifferent here, so I'll let you take it away for this one, Spence. So my guess is you're going to say something along the lines of it felt unnecessary, but... I would argue this unit was probably too flimsy before for an eight-point unit. Yes, it had big damage potential, but it's all just standard dice. There's no, you know, there's no keywords attached to it, and they really had at the before they had no way to really add a keyword. Now, obviously, they could take the two-point attachment and throw them in there. The battle scars guy we just talked about and add vicious. 
I still don't think you would bother, though, because that would be a 10-point unit now. Um, but th- this unit, in my opinion, never got to get good value out of its retreat, out of its swift retreat, because it would take more than a rank's worth of damage right off the bat. And they dropped from 7 to 4 for both their uh, ranged and melee profile. That it just felt bad when you're just like, great, I'm already down to four dice. My unit's kind of not even effective anymore. Um, uh, so I like it. I think it was a necessary change to make this unit more viable and more useful in the game and more durable to stick around longer. Uh, but I can understand the argument of maybe this is going to be too good and time will tell me otherwise if it is or not. I don't think it's going to be too good. I do think it makes them a viable eight-point option for Dothraki army. Yeah. Um, now, what's their morale? Is it a five? It's a five. So they're the same okay. thing as uh, the Martell Starfall Knights. They just don't have Lance. They have a ranged attack and a melee and quick fire and swift retreat. Gotcha. Um, so, so I'm a little biased. That's why I let you kind of go first. I'm biased because I hate, hate with a passion anything in this game that can trigger its own double tap. Uh, for example, I like uh, Martell uh, Skirmishers. Why? Because you have to combo things to get the free shot before they activate and do their thing or after, whatever. Um, like uh, Nice Watch, Ranger Hunters, um, and these guys. Uh, I hate that, um, you know, it'd be different if it was like flimsier like Bastards Girls. You know, that Bastard Girls is probably the only thing that I'm like super okay with having their double tap thing because one, their shot is just four dice with no rerolls and they're very flimsy with a six up save. Very hard unit to like master. Uh it's why you don't see a lot of newer players ever running them because they probably ran them once and got obliterated and then ever ran them again. Um, But veterans uh, with their mobility uh, and then ranger hunters just with what was their tactics deck, uh, they're just too survivable, in my opinion, if you knew how to use them. Now, granted, what you're saying is it definitely is possible that if, if you didn't play them right or your opponent had something you just couldn't plan for or didn't expect, you know, these guys were soft enough to really, you know, um, prevent well, from I, doing what they're supposed to. Well, I think the issue was the game, or when they came out, the game didn't have much six-movement cavalry. Now, though, almost every faction has some six-move cavalry in faction, not even just Zorus Riders. So it's like, well, yeah. I kind of lost my speed advantage that I had when I first came out. Yeah. Well, that and a lot of, like, just even, like, a lot of tactical repositions and things like that. Um, But, uh, yeah, um, I may be overthinking it um, or, like, associating it too much with Rager Hunters because Rager Hunters were definitely the biggest culprit. I would say these guys were the initial or the very first culprit that made me hate the ability to do your own double tap but it was, like, solidified with Ranger Hunters. 
now I just kind of associate it with them, uh, even though I haven't had too much difficulty with these guys in the recent past. But I don't know. Uh, one extra save is not the end of the world. I don't think it's some game-breaking thing. I just I don't really like seeing uh, the double-tap guys get uh, buffs. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, maybe I'll face them and not really have that big of an issue. All right, next up we have Dithraki Harakars. Their defense worsened from a 4 to a 6. Uh, their morale worsened from a 4 to a 5. And their melee attack dice value increased from a 6 to a 5. But Decrease. they did reduce in 1 point cost. So they are, from a, they are now 4 points instead of 5. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, again, I'll let you uh, take it away on this one. So this is one that I know has divided the community a little bit. Did they become too strong? Did they become too weak? The justification Simon gave was that they just were struggling to compete with point units in the game. I don't see how. I felt that they were very good for their own little niche that they were doing, outflanking and disrupting the opponent uh, in their backfield. Um, I thought they were good at five points. This changed to four points. Um... I don't know. I mean, they lost only one dice on offense, so their offense is still basically the same. They still got the same outflank ability. They still got the cavalry move. They got a lot of things that are the same, and I go, I really wasn't relying on them for their survivability anyway, because a four-up armor and four-up morale before was still pretty swingy if your opponent hits you with a bunch of attacks and thundering or something. Like, they, they still could just die in one attack anyway. Um, I do. I've seen the argument of well, now they'll struggle to compete with four point NCU's, especially if you only have two originally in your list. Are you likely to take them as a third? Take them over a third NCU? I think that's a real argument of will you do that? Or you know, which which option are you going to take the third NCU or them? But I still think they have a place. They still outflank. They're still really fast. They still have vicious. I don't think they can, I mean, unless there's another weak unit, they're not going to solo a unit anymore like they might be able to at times. Um, but there's still, there still is a lot of viability. I still see a lot of value. Um, and I would probably play them a lot, or not maybe a lot, but play them somewhat often in my Targaryen list. At, even at four points, I just can't be, you know, can't be done with them. I can't just YOLO them into stuff if I want them to survive around for more than one attack. Uh, but I, I do see the value, and I would be, I will be interested to try them out, even at four points now, in the reduced durability. Yep. Well, and so just to kind of talk about the designer notes, Herakars were having a tough time competing with full wound five-point units, so I modified them a bit and reduce their point cost to four. Again, I'll kind of expand on what you were saying. I don't see how that's even true. And even if it was true, I mean, because uh, for me, Herakars were so good, they're like nearly auto-include for Targaryens. Maybe not auto-include no matter what faction you put them in, but um, shaving that point off for five points instead of another six-point uh, um, uh um, outriders or uh, screamers um, was big, and 
now uh, they went from a unit I absolutely hated, like hated in the sense that they were tough. They were just so annoying to now I look at these guys and go, yeah, I don't care. Like uh, you may hit me once before I then delete you. At least that's the way it feels looking at them on paper. But then another reason being is if they were having a hard time competing against full wound units at five points, how did reducing two armor, one morale, and one attack die count as one point, one point worth of uh, um, value nurse? Yeah. I would give a, you know, I'd give anything to increase all of my units in the entire faction by one point to get plus two armor, plus one morale, plus one attack die. Um, yeah. Like, I think that they're now going to have not only a hard time competing with NCUs, like you said, a third one, they're going to have a hard time competing with, I'll just rather pay one more point and take a 12 wound unit. Um I almost feel like these guys are nerfed way too good, or way too much. Um, I personally now, thought so, it should have been just to five armor and not four, or not to six armor. I thought five armor, five morale, and one dice would have been fine. The two armor does hurt. How many ones do they have? Eight six. or six? They have six. six. Yeah. Uh, literally, a unit, if you get charged and have a vulnerable on you, you're dead. Like, there's almost no question. You're dead. Um and getting a vulnerable on these guys with, unless you're taking Khaleesi, if I'm not mistaken, there's not a lot of ways to get that vulnerable off of you. So now you really have to get the charge with these guys. If you don't, I mean, if you don't get the charge with these guys, then it's not really worth taking them. And not only that, uh, a lot of people have compared these guys to four-point chariots. The difference being is, well, one, Free Folk's a much better faction. Two, Free Folk have a lot better ways to out-activate you and really get that key charge and then have that free uh, swift strike or whatever um, and to get out of combat so that you can't get them back. Uh, lots of differences there. These guys, in the context of Targaryens, I just don't see a place for them anymore at four points with this stat line. I almost feel like it went from nearly auto-include to now, I don't know if I'd ever run these guys if I was playing Targaryens. Apparently we see slightly opposite, but I still think there's a lot of value <laughs> in this unit. But we'll see. We'll see. If Now, let's, let's assume that they don't just get deleted like every other game from a, you know, from a unit. Uh, then I would change my mind. I would be more in the camp of what you're saying, that these guys have a role, they have a place, and it's not an auto-include, but it's definitely like you have to ask yourself, do I want the NCU, do I want these guys, because it's a legitimate choice, or do I want these guys, or pay the extra point for a unit? I could definitely see that. If they end up being more survivable and more useful than I'm thinking they'll be, I would definitely change my opinion. But just face value, looking at it, I see these guys as something that, you know, uh, unless you face the, uh, an army with all infantry and no way to turn around to see this unit that's coming at them from an outflank, uh, these guys are going to have a really rough time. Um, all right. Next up, we got Freedmen. Their speed increased from a 5 to a 6. Uh, guys, 
surprisingly were did not need a buff because uh, I think a lot of people at face value think these guys are trash. They're just not my play style. I'll put it that way. Like me personally, I hate these guys. But if you know how to play these guys, they're really good. Uh, but, you know, five to a six, it helps them keep up with some other things and stay within that. Not that they really needed the help, but they needed, uh, it helps them keep within that bubble so they don't just disappear off the board. Um, personally, I would like to just see that rule change. If they really want to keep it thematically like that, uh, in that sense, I'd like to see it just be like, um, okay, take a morale test. If you fail, uh, they, you know, when they activate, take if they're outside of a range, take a morale test. If they fail, then they're just frozen. They just sit there and they don't do nothing. Um, rather than just, we run away because instead of being holding hands with someone, they're off in the distance. So, I don't know. What do you think? I think you might be uh, muted. He's still there. Uh, still can't hear you. So, uh, I don't know if it's something with your mic or if you had to go do something. But I'll. Uh, um, oh, he lost connection. So I'll give him a minute to uh, reconnect. Um, but. Uh, so next up, I'll let him kind of catch up with his opinions on it, but I'll keep going with uh, some of the changes. Let me just find my tab real quick. So the next up, we have Drogo's Blood Riders. Added Blood, uh, blood Riders, um, Araka added Drogo's Blood Riders. Defense worsened from a 3 to a 4-up. Mail attack name changed from Dothraki Araka to Blood Riders Araka. Remove Blood Rider. Removed Calvary. What in the world? Okay, I'm going to have to pull up. the These notes are not making sense to me. Um, I promise the changes were a lot simpler. Uh, but the way the designer notes are confusing me. Of course, I can't find them on this list of units. There they are. All right, so... They retained Warcry. Their stats are a six uh, move. They have seven for dice hitting on threes. A four, uh, so their defense was decreased from a three to a four up. Their morale is a five. Um, and then uh, they have uh, Sundering and Vicious all the time. And this unit cannot be weakened. And each model in this unit has three wounds, uh, yada, yada, um, and free maneuver. So uh, I believe the reason they had to take away Calvary is because Calvary is like the generic rule that, uh, you know, gives the three wounds per model and then uh, the free maneuver at the act start of activation. So basically Drogo's Blood Rider's ability is that is Calvary. It just because they added the this unit cannot be weakened, they changed the name. So this is what I'm talking about. The reason, I'm almost guaranteed the reason they did this is they had no more space to put the this unit cannot be weakened on there. So by changing the name of Calvary, 
they were able to then add this extra line of text into the ability to make space on the card, which I think is totally fine. I think it's creative. I think uh, this is a good thing that they're creative like this and that, that they don't just go, oh, no more space. I guess we can't uh, make these guys, you know, where they need to be. Um, so uh, I like it. Um, all right, hang on. Spence, you there? Yes, I am. All right, what uh, did you hear so far of the of me uh, ranting? We're still talking about the Harakars when I got disconnected, but when I came back, I'm assuming you're talking about Blood Riders for them. Correct. I don't know yeah. if I missed um, anything else. So uh, I'll let you uh, give your final thoughts on Harakars, and then we'll jump into what I was saying about the Blood Riders. Uh, the final thought I had about Harakars was just, I look at them and go, they're still usable at four points, but at five points, I could kind of throw them into any unit with a four-up armor, four-up morale. They could usually survive at least one attack and either delay or even damage that unit, even if it was a, a good unit. Now I just can't. That's my, my thought process of it is you've got to throw it kind of into a flimsy unit or use it to double up with another unit that's already going to be engaged with that unit. Gotcha. I think it's All still right, useful. Yeah. I can see that. Um, oh, uh, I did talk about Freedmen because I didn't realize that you were... Uh, it wasn't until I had asked your opinion on Freedmen that I realized that you had lost connection. So in a nutshell, what I had said about Freedmen is that I thought they were good um, and they didn't really need the change, but the change is fine. Um, uh, it does help them kind of keep in lockstep with other units. Um but that uh, personally, they're just not my style of play. But if you know how to use them, these guys are actually really like competitive. Lots of people run these guys at speed bumps and just nuisances with that gang up. Um, and then I also mentioned that personally, I'd like to see the um, the whole thing where they just disappear if they're not in range of someone not basically not freedmen uh, oh. go either go away or just turn into, if they want to keep it, like, thematic, change to, like, um, if they're not in range, uh, when they go to activate, they take a morale test. If they fail that morale test, then uh, they just don't do anything. Um, they don't disappear, though. Yeah, I think that would cause the complication of what happens then when they're already engaged with the unit and they have to do an action by rule. Uh, I mean, I guess you could put a clause in there of just, no, this unit literally does nothing even when engaged. Um, it could be interesting. Or performs uh, a retreat action or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that. That would make sense, too, if they're scared and running away. Um, you could do, obviously, that. I, I'm, not, I'm like you, though. I'm not a fan of Freedmen at all, unless it's in Marcellin, because he can get them for free. But I do understand the idea behind them of using them as a speed bump unit. And this does help. It was, what, an increase of speed, and that was it? Um, yep. It'll help them with that speed bump roll, uh, and they still can be good for that speed bump roll. That hasn't changed. It's just not my play style either. I just don't really care for that. Yep. All right. And then uh, uh, Blood Riders, uh, I was mentioning um, that you know they got the decrease in their armor, and then like I was reading the footnotes, and it got me really confused. And so I had to go to the card to read it because I was like, what are they talking about? Removed Calvary. And I was, I'm sure you caught this part is that yeah. I know why they probably did that. You caught all that? 
Yeah, the spacing. Yeah. Uh, so, what what are your thoughts on these guys, and kind of even even maybe that little topic there? So, I agree. It was probably spacing was was the reasoning behind combining the cavalry and uh, and the can't be weakened together. Uh, it made sense, and it is a creative way to do it. So, I applaud them for that. Uh, but this unit, I think, went from being never seen with Drogo because there were better options to now it's almost an auto include with Cal- or with uh, Drogo because they are now insane on offense and still have solid defense. They're still going to be a four up, four up with minus one to panic damage because Cal Drogo has to be in there with Iron Resolve. So yep. this unit is still going to be pretty durable and then has expert duelist, thundering, vicious, and war cry. It's going to hurt things. They're going to hurt <laughs> lots of things. Uh, yep. You can't become weakened. Yep. No, this unit um, this, this unit is you're gonna see this in competitive all the time because I think Keldrogo is a required option in their competitive scene. Almost. Near or as, as close as you can get to an auto include commander. And this unit is gonna yep. be an auto include for Yeah, I like the change. Um I like what they've done. I thought the three up armor was just a little too crazy. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, I know armor doesn't necessarily always mean like what they're wearing. It could, you know, factor like just how hard it is to, I don't know, something, you know, because I know sometimes well, they'll say that if know, they're Maybe they're pairing fast, ability because they have combat skills, that type of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think four up not only makes sense to me thematically because really like they should be a six up by their physical armor, but um, their their skills as a swordsman, as a fighter, uh, makes sense to me why it would be a four up. But then just game balance wise, I think this is a, yeah. a really nice change. So and their horseman abilities probably make it harder to hit them than normal cavalry. Yep, that too. <clears throat> All right, so we're done with the units. On to the NCUs, and then we'll wrap up the tax cards because we're coming down to the last 20 minutes here. Uh, so um, just give me a second to pull up the NCUs because they changed. Uh, a... I think three, four. Yep, and they don't believe they changed a little amount either. They changed a decent, other than Ilio. Um, so or Illyrio uh, Mopatis, he changed. Uh, he now... Instead of always getting to do his thing, he has two order tokens on him. Each time he claims his own, you may remove one order token from him. If you do, replace his own effect with target one friendly combat unit. That They restore three wounds. One enemy they're engaged with becomes weakened. Uh, sorry, but this guy is just untakeable now, in my opinion. He's just untakeable. Oh, I, I have kind of a different approach where I'm just like, I almost never used his replace effect more than about twice in a game anyway. I do think he should have had three tokens because I think it's it's what two tokens. Yeah, well, I do think it should have been so. Three. So here's my thought: is that if he had three, I'd be in the camp of okay, I I might run him once in a while because, like you said, uh, or similar to what you said, I probably would only replace it three. I would say I would replace it probably exactly three, maybe four times, like because. Knowing I had that replace effect, like, I ran him just so I could replace. For me, this is just me. I just can't see me running him. 
when you compare him to all the other options. Now, if he didn't have a lot of competition, then yeah, I think uh, you could make use of the two tokens and you know the, that healing. But two, I don't know, just not enough for me to take him over all the other things we can take. I said online, I just don't think, I think he was like almost an auto-include before, and now he's just not. But I still think he's worth taking, because I just didn't use his replaceability very much, but that's my personal play style with him. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely still see him being played. Um, so, everyone listening, I'm talking from a personal perspective. I just, I see those two orders. Really, when I see two orders, the ability has to be, like, amazing. Uh, and his ability is just uh, pretty good. Because um, when I've faced him before, when he had basically had unlimited uses, you know, every round, uh, I never thought, man, he's broken. <laughs> he needs to be reduced from six times a game to two. Uh, I just thought, man, he's just really good. He's going to, you know, be seen in every list. Going to three, that's still a 50% cut. Um so, I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure I'm still going to be seeing him, and he'll start, probably still make somewhat of an impact. Um, next up, we have Mary Mazder. She is... Uh, Insane. Yep. Each time she claims a zone, re- uh, restore one wound to one friendly combat unit. That was already there. Each time she claims a zone, you replace that zone's effect with. Now you choose one. Before it was... Uh, target one friendly combat unit, uh, attach one previously destroyed friendly non-commander attachment to that unit, replacing a model as usual, but ignoring the usual attachment restrictions. She already had that, um, but now she is target uh, also, uh, not also, but you may choose this instead. Target one enemy combat unit, they become panicked and weakened. Uh, yeah, she is similar to Axel in the sense that I think she's just too good. Um, uh, So the more I thought about it, and we'll get to them in the next uh, show, but the more I thought about it, when you start comparing a lot of these new NCUs, uh, and this may be a hot take, and maybe, uh, you know, maybe Spence, you might disagree, but seeing like Axel and Mary Mazder and maybe some of these other NCUs, Ilara did not need to change. She required a zone to put out two tokens. Whereas, you know, the healing, you know, and within long range of the unit that you healed the token from or targeted with her, we'll just say, because sometimes she didn't even heal a token. But then you see, like, someone who can heal a wound and then has the option of this or that. Maybe the change that Ilara needed was not the flexibility of choosing any tokens at any time and maybe just static certain tokens rather than um, uh, the change that she got that we'll talk about in the next show. But yeah, Mary Master is crazy. Yeah, I think she's going to replace Mopatis as kind of the auto-include. She's just very versatile. She also brings tokens, which is something Targaryens have struggled with since the dawn of time. Um, It's... She she's just going to be really good, and you're going to use her a lot. Yep. Well, that and you take her, you uh, replace the zone, put a pact and weakened on a unit, and then next action, you uh, next activation, you activate your screamers and charge, fierce charge, give them vulnerable. They have all three tokens. 
Um, I am glad though that even though you uh, they have a handful of ways to get tokens with like Fierce Charge or vulnerable tokens, not many, but a, a couple. I'm glad that she doesn't give out vulnerable. I think that might have yeah. made her nearly busted, um, yeah. just because there's just too many things Targaryens that can kind of hit hard. Not that like Targaryens are some you know super force. I think it just might have been too much if she had vulnerable. I would agree. All right. Next up, we have Zaro's zone. Anyway, what'd you say? I said I, I agree, but it's already too much as it is. But yes, that would make it even worse. Yep. Uh, all right. Next up, next up, we have Zaro's zone. Doxus, wealth of the thirteen. I believe he he's like just added something, right? He just added to the bags, or no? So he, uh, I'll just read the whole thing because he changed. Uh, a significant amount, but still has some of the same stuff. So, Zaro, uh, Zaro begins the game with two order tokens on him. Each time Zaro claims the bag, place one more order token on him. When a combat unit performs an attack, or no, so sorry, he changed. Uh, this like, was a full completely. rework. Yep. When a combat unit performs an attack, you may remove one order token from Zaro and target the comp. So this is one of the ones where they actually threw the word target in there um, from Zaro and target the combat unit. If you do, choose one of the following from from the unit to gain or suffer until the end of the attack. This unit is treated as having one more rank for the attack die. This unit is treating as having one less rank for the attack for the attack dice. Um, so important note before I uh, give my opinion on it, it does say for the attack dice, meaning um, if your thing, if you have an ability that says uh, you get um, bonuses for being at a certain rank, you still get those bonus. Zaro is only modifying the attack dice. Um, uh, he's not modifying for uh, any other effects. Says this unit is treated as having one more rank or one less rank for attack dice. At least that's the way I interpret it. Um, overall, though, uh, I think he's really, really good. Uh, near, I don't know. I wouldn't put him uh, even nearly auto include, but I think once people start getting used to how to use him, how many times? Excuse me. Are you going to charge with your screamers? take off one rank at least and then go, okay, Zaro is going to make you attack at lowest attack die essentially because you're going to you know, be at two ranks and then I'll have to attack at one rank. I think that's going to be the biggest, uh, you know, it's nice he has the versatility of either, but in my opinion, just from face value, that's going to be like 90% of the time is you're going to, oh, you're two ranks, nope, one. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I do think actually specifically he's going to work much better in Dothraki because Dothraki have a much bigger drop-off for the most part for their attack dice. Like, I believe yep. most of them go 7-4. So, oh, I'm only on one rank? No, I'm going to just attack on, on seven dice instead. Um, that could be awesome. I also think thought it was funny because I had a, an idea of if I want you to kill my unit, I can make you attack at a higher attack die, <laughs> my opponent. Yep. Um, that was the first thing I was thinking... 
if there was a valuable reason for wanting them dead, like, oh, I can't engage them because the unit behind them stuck behind, you know, can't engage. Fine, I'll make you kill Lash my out. unit. And, huh? <laughs> Lash out. Or that, uh, which Grey Wind <laughs> or uh, Grey Worm has. Um, yep. Yeah, things like that. I could do that. I feel like you. He's one that you're gonna need a plan for. Like you're saying, he's not auto include. You do kind of need some units that can benefit from him, which I believe is highly gonna be Dothraki. So you, you gotta you gotta have a plan for him. Um, again. One more time, Dothraki is probably where he's going to fit, is Dothraki armies. Um, yep. Otherwise, I think he's just okay. Yeah, I agree, because not only in my example with the Screamers, I mean, it, Dothraki is going to be where he's going to shine because not only for that alpha strike um, to then make them attack at lowest rank, but then because, like you said, you could then choose the other option because you only have two ranks. So plus one rank is basically highest attack die for uh, the cavalry units. And then another thing you can do, you know, there's times where you, uh, if you're engaged and you don't want to kill your opponent just yet, let's say you go first next round and you're playing fire and blood, you can count as one less rank, not kill the unit, start of next round, commander activate, make worth one more point, attack kill. Like, I know those are some like outlier cases, but it's just to point out that there's many instances where you're going to either want them to kill you more or you kill them less because in the end, it actually nets you some victory points. Um, overall, amazing uh, change. I like that it's only two orders with the ability to get more um, because even though each unit only can attack, you know, usually six, or so times a game uh, between, um, you know, four rounds of attacking plus some free attacks, whether it be the board or something. Um, he's he's applying to all attacks for the all of the game. So it's not like, unless you're just going to use his ability on the same unit every single round and can take the bag a couple times, um, I don't know, he's not going to be game-breaking, but he's going to really make you win more where you need him the most. All right. Um, last up, we have Hisdar Zolorak. Um, so for Hisdar, uh, okay, here he is. He has the Merchant Lord's Reach each time. Uh, sorry, just checking the time. We've got nine minutes. So each time a friendly NCU claims a zone, unless its effect is replaced, its effect gains the following additional bonus. So the important part here, before I read the bonuses, because I think these, this is what I was thinking of. These, I don't think changed other than one of them, um, is that before he had to take the zone to do this thing, he is now giving this to all of your NCUs. Gives you more of a reason to run him with um, uh, Pyat Pri, uh, because Pyat Pri is going to unlock that last zone it's going to be a lot more useful because, okay, I, I can activate anyone anywhere. That and I can run three NCUs and there'll be six zones and I don't have to worry about it, uh, which makes me think of a, a cool combo I'll tell you uh, later, Spence. And I'll tell you later because uh, we're doing the team tournament. Anyways, um, uh, anyways, so 
with this though, uh, if any of your MCUs takes the crown, if that unit fails this panic test, uh, it may not be the target of friendly orders this round. Um, super big. Uh, if they take the wealth, one other friendly unit in short range restores one wound. I believe before this is the one that changed, it would heal um, like everyone in short. Everyone in short. Yep. Yeah, one wound uh, to everyone in short. This is a lot more fair, especially with the buff to any NCU. Um, letters may draw one fewer text card to place one additional token on the targeted enemy. And uh, the uh, House of the Undying, if you take that zone, also discard the top card of your opponent's tactics deck. Um, very strong. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I think... Uh, a great combo is Hisdar with Piat Pri and then Mary Master. Between Mary being able to replace a zone, granted, uh, excuse me, uh, Mary Master will not be able to take the effects of the of Hisdar if she replaces. But um, still, being able to let's say Hisdar the letter or Piat Pri the letter and take one less. Tactus card to place out two tokens, and then the very next spot you take is uh, anything and replace it with uh, Mary Mazder, and then place out a Panic and Weekend. You now have back to back two token uh, placements, um, which could be huge. Yeah, so I think he's, I think he's fine. It's a good change overall, but you're going to have to build list for him and the mill. Potential with Bud. Uh, we have five minutes left. Do you want me to run through the tactics cards real quick? Yeah, go ahead and shoot those off. So, tactics cards. The one that cha- or one change was to overrun. We talked about it in the last one. Uh, instead of doing a charge with the surge, you can do a march. It's a really good option. It's going to be really good with Dothraki, who are a six movement. So, being able to march 12, and with their speed, they can catch things real fast. Good change overall. Gives it another use. Uh, sudden retreat gained if this targets your commander or for the retreat uh, after an enemy attack, you get a free retreat. If this targets the defend or the commander's unit, it can reroll uh, retreat dice. Nice little buff. Probably not enough to really make it good. I thought they should have just made it where the horse allows you to reroll retreat dice or does elusive escape. It's a nice change, but it's not going to significantly change the card. Uh, fire and blood change to any melee attack instead of uh, on the charge. And it becomes choose one. If you control the horse, choose two. Uh, this attack re-rolls any misses. This attack gains thundering, or this attack gains vicious. A very nice update that will also help infantry units that didn't always get the charge. Sometimes they were already engaged. It helps it a little more late game when you're already engaged with everything. Good change overall to the card. I know some people are not happy, though, that they lost the re-roll charges from this card. Um, yep. The next one is Unstoppable Advance, which change completely again. It is now when a friendly unit is performing a charge action after rerolling charge distance dice, this unit may reroll any charge distance dice. I know some people aren't happy that this, you know, Fire and Blood basically got changed to this as a card for the reroll charges. Uh, there's a second part though. It says when a friendly unit surges forth, that unit gains three move when maneuvering for this surge forth and after moving alt target all enemies in short range and they become weakened. So it still has the weaken ability, but now it's on a surge instead of when you just march in front of everybody. Interesting. Yep. Um, 
I, I actually like it overall better than before because I hated having to do a march just to make everything weaken. Uh, but it does give you now two cards in the deck that trigger off of surging. We'll see how that goes. Um, I believe that was all the basic cards. And then uh, assault orders for Cal Drogo changed to be melee only, which is in line with all the other assault orders now. Every assault orders is melee. And then commander, commander or zone causes a charge. Yep. Uh, overall, I think uh, fine changes. Uh, one thing I want to point out before anyone kind of gets confused about it, Unstoppable Advanced, uh, the Surge Force um, plus three move, will not combo with uh, Overrun. Uh, reason being now that They is have the same timing. Same timing, and even if that was not the case, uh, un- Unstoppable Advanced specifically calls out maneuvering, not marching. So yep. um, just keep that in mind that it's like a double reason why those don't work. Um, yeah, yeah la- last thought for me would just be they're fine changes. I don't think they drastically make the deck better than it was. They're just like quality of life updates, really, but not significant change how the deck works changes. Yep. I agree. Uh, I'm excited. Deck. I'm excited for uh, Targaryens. Uh, we'll see uh the plays out. What's uh, your final thoughts before we wrap up? I think Dothraki got a whole lot better, and they're going to be probably the big competitive scene faction, or, you know, sub-faction for the fact, or for Targaryens. But I still think they got some weaknesses that didn't get shored up at all. Yep, I agree. All right, uh, that wraps up this show. Um, right, uh, right down to the wire. Uh, I want to thank all of you for listening in. Stay tuned for part three. Really hoping that we can get it done in three parts. We might have to do four, but it is what it is. I don't like cutting it short if we don't have to. I like to really, uh, um, you know, talk through each unit so we can get a good feel for uh, how they operate and even catch ourselves when we uh, when we uh, mistake uh, some of the wording. But this is the Small Council Radio, and it is dismissed. still here. Why? Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.